right, guys. Well, thanks so much for tuning in to the Fit Butte Report podcast. I'm your host, Christina. In today's episode, we have a very special guest in the studio today. Jessica is from Pandata Tech, and she is a female founder in the tech scene. She has an amazing story to share with us, as well as some great tips and just some great insight. So if that interests you, go ahead and keep on listening. Thanks for having me. Yes, of course. Hey, Jessica, welcome. Welcome so much. Thank you so much for being on today's episode. So tell me, Jessica, when you, how, how did Pandata start? How did your company come about? Yeah, so um, my co-founder and I, um, his name is Gustavo Sanchez. Uh, we met while we were in grad school together. Um, and the first iteration of our company actually started as a grad school project, an entrepreneurial project that lasted for 10 months. After we graduated, um, we decided to found a company in Houston. Gustavo had worked in Houston before. Both of us had a background in energy. I'm from Canada, so my energy experience came from Canada. His from the United States. Um, Houston was an easy easy pick for us. It's, you know, the capital of energy. So it was really easy within North America. So we decided to found the company um, here in Houston. Oh my goodness. That's great. Where did you guys first meet you and Gustavo? In in grad school. In in Shanghai. Shanghai. How was the process of living in Shanghai while you, this is where you guys first developed the idea for the business, or is this the place where you guys developed the start of it and then what became of it is what, you, what you're doing now? Um, so Gustavo came to grad school specifically to look for a business partner. Um, he had worked, uh, it, like I was saying before, in the energy industry and he was really interested in the predictive and preventative maintenance space. And my background in industry was actually in building pipeline. So I worked um, I worked outside and I also worked inside. So it gave me a nice landscape for understanding, um, well, just understanding the industry in general. And so, yeah, that's, that's how we met. And then with our, with our company, um, we actually shifted down the line. So we started in that predictive preventative maintenance space. Um, and then just through customer feedback and market research, we realized that there was a sweet spot in data quality. Oh my goodness. Okay. So data quality and your background is in, you said arch- architecture. Uh, no, I've got a master's in business. Okay, master's in business. So tell me, Jess, Jessica, when you were a little girl and you were, you know, wanting to, were you always wanting to be a businesswoman or were you wanting to be the CEO of a company? What was the process like of you as a girl growing up wanting to go to business school and wanting to start your own business? I, yeah, I, I would have guessed that, to be honest with you. Um, when I was I was super artistic growing up, I loved the arts and I still love the arts. And I, I did study them in my undergrad um, with business, but that came around 
because of a volunteer opportunity actually that I became interested in business at all. So I started learning about uh, through an organization called Engineers Without Borders Canada. Um, they do they do a lot of outreach work um, and their focus is on poverty alleviation. And so they, I learned through that organization a lot about fair trade. And then, and so I was with them for about four years and I was thinking, how could I, how could I focus that more on Canada? Cause a lot of the work that they do is overseas and then stuff within the Canadian parliament. Um, yeah. And just, that's how I became interested in entrepreneurship. I, I did a, a work term abroad in Thailand. Um, I was telling my, my boss at the time, he was asking me what I wanted to do after I graduated. And I was saying, I was just telling him I was really passionate about fair trade and together um, planted the seeds of starting my own venture. Um, I realized that when I started it, that I really didn't know anything about business. <laughs> I just was really passionate and decided that I needed to take some business courses. And then as I started taking them, I realized that I really enjoyed it and I was really passionate about business as well. And so that's what sparked the seed to continue down that path. So tell me, as you're going through this path, what were some obstacles that might have hindered you from being in the place where you needed to be to make that connection to meet Gustavo? Um, like what, what were some obstacles? Like what were some things that you had to overcome before going to Shanghai and actually meeting your business partner there where it all came together? Like life obstacles? Yeah, you can, it can be a life obstacle. I mean, it can be a business obstacle, school obstacle, just anything that, you know, um, as women, we face many obstacles. Um, what would what would you, um, you know, like to share with us about th something that was an obstacle for you, um, you know, on your journey? Because I feel like as a, an entrepreneur, we have many obstacles. We don't really get to share those obstacles. We don't really get to talk about those obstacles. But I really believe that, the obstacles are what truly make your character um, and who you are as a businesswoman, right? Because we as a business, we as businesswomen have to deal with um, so much of, you know, not something that's easy. Um, it's, it's, you know, taking on a significant role. So what were maybe some obstacles that you can share with us and the listeners that, you know, molded you into the businesswoman that you are today? I mean, there was tons of obstacles. So the first one, when I started my first business, like I said, I didn't know anything about business. It was super ignorant. Um, I, I tried like a lot of different things, but like being having a business mindset was not my natural inclination. I was a hundred percent an artist brain, so I had creativity down packed, but. Um, yeah, I did not know how to function a business. So that was a huge obstacle, but then getting that education was helpful. Listening to people's feedback, I find that just from being passionate about something, that that really rubs off. And I found that where I had weaknesses and it might've been obvious to someone else who had those skills, they were more than willing to share that with me. And I found that through and through, and, and now being in the position that I'm in, when I'm mentoring people, 
I feel the same way. Like I, it's a, it's a really cool like 360 experience where if I see someone that's doing good, that, that wants to achieve something and they, they roughly have the path to get there. Um, but maybe you don't know all the things, maybe they don't have like a full toolkit. They need a little bit of help along the way. Same sort of experience where if, if I know some of the things that might help them get there, I'm more than happy to, to share that. And I found that I've definitely been on the receiving end of that a lot. So those, those were some pr larger um, obstacles, I would say, that I overcame. So when you first started your business and you had no idea, when you did experience the failure in the first business, how did that not weigh on you as your confidence? A lot, I, I know that a lot of women struggle with um, confidence in their abilities and they may not feel like they're not, not that they're not worthy, but that they just don't feel like they have enough experience is what I hear a lot of times. Yeah, and yeah. it's ne not necessarily that we don't have the enough experience, it's, it's maybe, because men, um, and this is a survey that I found online um, and that I read on that men who don't check off all the skills in a job requirement or a job description, they'll still apply for it and they'll just figure it out and do it along the way and be confident about it. Versus a woman, she doesn't check off all the skills so she feels like she's not able enough when she probably is just able to do the job just as good. How did you, um, how, how did your confidence play into your role in shaping you when those failures did occur uh, when you started out in your first business? Yeah, I think, so one, I never framed them as failures because I, that business, although like I was not successful at first at knowing all the things that are helpful in a business, um, like effective ways of promoting myself, all these different things. Um, still didn't consider it a failure. Like it's still, it's shaped and it, and things got tweaked and I was able to continue doing that for six years um, until I chose to go back into the workforce. Um, but yeah, I mean, confidence plays a, a big role in that. It's, it's not, being an entrepreneur is definitely not for the lighthearted. There's a lot of, I mean, you know this yourself, I'm sure, Christina, that there's a lot of hats that we're wearing. Um, I've definitely had to shift the way that, that I look at things um, in the sense that I think part of my artistic inclination pushes me to want to make things as nice as they possibly can. <laughs> and, and perfection cannot be the goal. At least this is my understanding of it for how I live. I, I just can't be perfect at absolutely everything. No one can be perfect at absolutely everything. And so just um, like just allowing that space. I think that was so helpful um across the board and knowing and being confident in that choice so just because i didn't know everything just accepting that and and understanding that there's other people that naturally we're going to attract into our lives that have really different skills than us and being also confident in them being able to 
help in those ways or really lead in those ways. And then for us to stay in our lane um, and to, to do what we're really great at. Absolutely. I mean, definitely. Um, I don't look at failure as the final result. If anything, I look at it as a learning experience. I think you are the same way. And I feel like as entrepreneurs, you have to feel that way. You have to look at things that way. And of course, an entrepreneur is very optimistic um, versus, you know, someone who is not so optimistic. Um, you know, our optimism, I really feel is what drives us as well as our passion. Because without optimism, we really would not know exactly how it's going to turn out, but we're hopeful that it turns out for the best. And even when it doesn't, I feel like it goes or it happens the way that it should be happen, um, you know, for all the reasons that we may not know of, because along the journey of becoming a businesswoman, it really does mold you um, in, into who you should be, your personality, your character, um, how you treat others, um, you know, how you do business. It ultimately it all you know um it's like different pieces and it comes together and it makes you and and your your personality as a business owner so yeah. i do want to i do want to ask you sure, what, sure. Uh, okay we are um we're we're in this new age of female founders and technologists and tech founders how does it feel like to be a tech founder with no tech background I mean, it feels good. Some some days can be challenging if I'm in a technical meeting um, and that isn't my background. But then I guess it kind of loops back to what we were saying before. My co-founder, he's he is our technical founder. I'm the non-technical founder. There's a lot of non-technical things to do in a technology company. Yeah. <laughs> and so <laughs> I keep myself busy, that's for sure. But yeah, I would encourage anyone that's interested in technology that might not have a background in engineering or some type of a math degree or computer science or, you know, any range of those more quantitative skills. If that's not you and that's not like where you thrive or where you want to thrive, that's OK. I mean, there's there's so many other things that you can do within that business, but that's where I try and focus my energy. And again, it comes back to what I was saying before that, where it's like, you don't have to wear every single hat and be perfect of every single hat. Like no one, there's very few people that function in that space and really can excel in all of those directions. So I just, yeah, I try and focus on what I'm good at and yeah, that's it. <laughs> That's really great. When you are, so you are the non-technical founder and you are in these meetings, these board meetings, um, you know, as a female CEO in a boardroom, it can sometimes be um, intimidating. Um, I know, especially because in most tech companies, there's only a few women in the actual meeting, sitting in the meeting. How has your experience been as a woman? Because I know there's there's so many different sides to being a woman in the boardroom. Um, as one side would be, um, you know, having a male co-founder with you um, in your experience, and then the other side of it being, you're a woman, you're in that boardroom, you demand your respect, and you are speaking and you are listening. So from the both those sides, 
can you tell us your experience? Yeah, sure. Oh, there's just a little echo. Can you hear that as well? No. You can't hear, okay. I can just hear a bit of an echo when I speak. Um, yeah, from my side, I mean, there's ample meetings. I'd say probably 80% of the meetings that I'm in. Um, the majority would be men that are they're sitting across from me or that are speaking to me. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you definitely feel... <laughs> You definitely feel like the contrast there and where the technology world is at um, in terms of that gender balance. But yeah, I, I think for me, you just have to keep trucking along. That's That's been my technique with it. Um, I know that I belong at the table. And so I just hold that space for it. And I would encourage anyone else that maybe feeling the same way where it can be intimidating. It can be, you know, it, it's sometimes it's challenging. I think that one of the things that is easy, right? I'm talking to you, you're talking to me. We're both female, we're both founders. We have a lot in common, right? And so it's easy to find that common ground. So I think that when you're able to find that common ground with the other person that you're sitting across from that maybe if they don't look like you and they don't talk like you and they have a completely different experience in life that that's okay it might take a little bit more work to get there but i would just encourage and this and i've just encouraged myself to just hold that space and to find that common ground and and it it comes i mean it's not always easy but but it comes along and i, I just keep keep at it and and it'll change. I'm confident that, you know, in my lifetime and with the generations that are coming up that that 80% that's going to shift. Like maybe even in the next 5 years it'll be 70%, 60% more. I think that we'll start seeing more of that trend just by doing things like what you're doing right now, um promoting promoting the technology industry to people that might be non-traditional to the technology industry. And I think it'll look even better by having that inclusive atmosphere. Very true. I feel like the gender balance is right now um, a huge, huge thing um, that's going on. And I'm really glad that most people are open to the conversation. And a lot of people are, are looking to diversify their workforce or have inclusion of women or minorities. So with that, you are a female and your fa other founder is a male. When you first started out, did you want to have a female founder or did you want to be with a male founder? Or did it not matter at all? And now that you do have your male founder, how do you balance each other? Yeah. So I think that, it's I'm just going to see if I move the mic, that helps. Um, yeah, so when we started, I actually wasn't planning to hop into another company. Um, I got pulled in, though. <laughs> it's just it's what I'm supposed to be doing. And it just became more and more clear that as I was looking for potential work opportunities after graduating, that I just wanted, I wanted to go back into entrepreneurship. 
because we had started this um, entrepreneurial project while we were still in grad school, um, we had a mixed team. So we had other team members at first. And then when we, after we graduated, it was Gustavo and I that wanted to continue on and to create a company. Um, so the thought of male, female, it wasn't really even a thought. I knew that if I went back into business that I would really love to do it with another person, at least one other person, because I think that you just balance each other out. There's things that you're really great at that someone else isn't and vice versa. And so I think that there's a lot to gain by having a founder. Um, so I've enjoyed that part of the experience. And then um, can you repeat the, the last part of your question, please? Yeah. How do you guys balance each other out and how has that been having a male founder and a female founder just, you know, working together? Cause that, that is the true representation of gender balance um, and inclusion and for, you know, women and men in a CEO position. I mean, you guys are the prime example. So that's kudos to you guys. I feel like that's so great, but how has it been? I mean, I think you answered part of it, the other part would be, um, you know, did you feel like that was um, something that's going to change in the future? Or do you feel like it's going to continue um, evolving as more, you know, gender inclusion and um, women are included? Because um, right now they're not included as much. But how do you feel it's going to change in the future? Yeah, so in terms of the beginning part of that, we're talking about balance. Gustavo and I are completely different people. And so I think that we make really great business partners. Um, he sees the world from such a different perspective that I do. And so we really try to, to maximize that when we're approaching a problem. So we'll just, he'll go off in his direction, I'll go off in my direction. And um, we're really grateful that the product that comes out of that, um, I think reflects both of us and both of our strengths. So I'm really grateful to have him. And I think that he's really grateful to have me. I think that we do balance each other out. Um, and then in terms of going forward, looking to the future, uh, I would encourage, I would really encourage any founder. So it doesn't, to me, it's not about um, whether it's gender, I think that just trying to find diversity, whatever that looks like. So it, when you're looking for another founder, I think that that's, that's so helpful. It's so helpful to the business. It's helpful for who you're going to attract into your business. I think that you're only stronger by getting those different perspectives, whatever they look like. Um, so that, that's what I would encourage. And, and I think that that will naturally take place as well. It depends on where you live and what's accessible. But um, like I used to live and work in the UAE. And one of the things that I loved about working in Dubai was, was how you'd get so many different perspectives. Um, I worked for two different companies there and I just loved that. So it was, different people from different parts of the world. Um, they had different like native languages, different cultures. 
um, different genders. And I just felt like that was such a strength of that area. And we see that here too in Houston where there's a lot of diversity in Houston. And I think that's why Houston is a place where entrepreneurship thrives and business thrives because you we make the most of that. Yeah, Houston is definitely a great place to be to start your business. Um, I know that I moved here to Houston from a surrounding city in Texas to come start my business. You also moved from here. Gustavo also moved from here. So many people come to Houston um, to start their business. Many opportunities are out here in Houston. And I'm, I'm really glad to be here. I know you are. I know, you know, we found each other because of the ION. And that was really great. So if you could leave us with some last um, words of wisdom, maybe, or maybe something thoughtful to our listeners who maybe are considering becoming female founders or wanting to start their own business. Um, I would encourage you if there's, if you see potential in some sort of business opportunity or you're really passionate about something just to take those steps forward just if even if it's just a few small steps forward um and just being confident that you're able to get yourself there even if you don't know it, i i like to think of it as you're driving from one destination to another and maybe you've got some bad weather in between or you don't know what's going to be in between you know that you're going to make it eventually and it's just having the faith that you're able to to follow that path there and, and being open to open to feedback, open to um, working with others um, and, and being just confident in yourself and in your vision. Absolutely. Confident in yourself and in your vision and just knowing that, you know, obstacles may come, but they do not last forever. Yeah. So coming out from them is one thing that I want to always encourage the listeners to let you know that hard times don't last to people do. So definitely just work with where can we find Pandata Tech online? Yes, yeah, so we've got a website or on Instagram. Um, all are pandatatech.com. So P-A-N-D-A-T-A tech.com. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, you heard it here. So you guys follow her. I'll also be linking their website and their social media handles to this episode. You can listen to it on Google, Spotify, and anywhere you listen to your podcast. As always, guys, thanks so much for listening and tuning in into today's episode. As always, peace and love. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.